If you are not given out, your oil is just going to continue to stop. And we'll get into that about the anointing today. That the minute you stop giving, the more the God's going to quit the flow through you that's coming to you. Why? Because giving is for a purpose. It's to serve. It's to serve him and his kingdom. Giving is for helping people. It's not all about us. If it was, then this minute we got saved, we would be out of here, right? But I want to talk about the anointing on what it is. Many times it's not preached much in churches today, and it's almost like this subject that we don't really know what it's about. And I want to talk that the anointing, first of all, is the weightiness of God. It is the manifest presence of God. That yes, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere, but God does not manifest himself everywhere. God shows up where his word is being preached and where he likes and what he likes what's going on. And so I heard a preacher say one time that if God never shows up when you preach, he doesn't like what you're saying. So there's many people that have got church down to a science. They got their programs and they basically worked God out of a job, but they make no room for the Holy Ghost, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for the manifest presence of God to come in and to really touch people. I've grown up in church my entire life. I'll tell you, without the anointing, church is very boring. I've not only sat in this church, but the other church and the first church. And I'll tell you, in the first church we ever had, the anointing was moving a lot. And it was wild and crazy, and it was better than any television show you could watch on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Because you didn't know what was going to happen, the Holy Spirit. I, lo- I had a friend one time, he came into this church. He said, you know why I like this church? He said, because it's better than staying home and watching TV. I don't know what's going to happen in this church on Sunday morning. So you know that Jesus had people following him around because of the miracles and the things that were going on. That should be happening to the point where people, they want to see people's lives being changed. They want to see people getting touched by the power of God. And so the anointing is the finger of God. It's the signature of God on a person who God uses to bring glory to his kingdom. So say this, Lord, mark me. With your finger for all eternity. Use me. You said in your word that you have anointed me. I'm anointed. The anointing's working. It's on me. It's in me. And you're using me to touch the lives of people around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to go with Luke chapter 4 this morning. It will be the first scripture. I talked on this on Wednesday night, but I feel like the Lord wants to stay down this vein of the anointing. The anointing is also, under Webster's Dictionary, the smear of God. If, you were to, if your child goes into the house and puts his hand in a bottle of flour or grabs markers and smears all over your walls, you can tell that your child was there. Johnny was on the walls, because there's markings, there's, there's handprints, That is the the anointing is the handprint of God. People need an encounter with a living God. The reason that many religions, it doesn't even matter. People can argue religions all day, but every religion is dead. But Jesus is still alive. He's still working. If Jesus is not alive, then what are we doing here? If we're here just teaching some theology class about Jesus, then we're all wasting our time. But if Jesus is alive and and resurrected, Buddha is not alive, healing people today. Muhammad is not alive. If it was, the Middle East would be the most peaceful place you've ever lived in your entire life. People would be loving each other, but they're not because it is not Jesus and he is not there. The anointing is not there. The anointing that breaks every yoke, that gets on people, that changes people to another man. Paul had an encounter with Jesus. Paul did not have an argument with Jesus in a debate. 
Jesus showed up and said, "Is a glory of the light of God, and it shone and knocked Paul off his horse. What was that? That is the power of God. That is the presence of God. The glory of God is this, the increase of the anointing. It's getting stronger. So Jesus shows up, knocks Paul off his horse, and he said, got down and said, Lord, who are you? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting me. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. It's hard for you to, to attack me. Lord, what must I do? Go to a street called Straight, and there will be a man who's going to lay hands on your eyes. The scales will fall, and you shall what? See. Paul did not need to get into a debate with Jesus, because when Jesus shows up, there is no debate. Why? It's the anointing that does the work. Jesus did not spend an hour and a half arguing with him about, you know, theology, and I was there a couple hundred years ago, and believe on me, Jesus showed up, and Paul said, oh my God, that Lord. Yes, he did. So a lot of times you don't have to argue with people. Just talk about Jesus. Well, I don't know that Jesus is real. You know that Jesus, you may not believe Jesus is real, but Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. He was on a cross, broke his body, had his flesh ripped out, carried a cross on his back for you, took your sin, was forever separated from God, died on a cross, went to hell for you. If people say they don't believe it, talk about Jesus. Why? Because everywhere in the New Testament, they begin to talk about Jesus. It says that the place would either shake or the Holy Spirit would fall. Why? Because when you talk about what happened at the cross, you're remembering, you're actually, a testimony is to take you back to the place where, it, where that happened, to bring back a remembrance of that, and it brings back the same power that was in the cross is the same power that is in the Word. That's why the Word is living and active. It's double-edged, sharper, sharper than any sword. It divides people's souls and spirit. So anytime you're talking about the Word of God or telling people about Jesus, you are talking about God. And he's, the anointing is going into them when you're talking. But you have to believe that. So the Bible says faith will come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if we never hear about the anointing, we won't have, ever have faith for it. If we don't ever hear about it, we're never going to talk about it. If we never talk about it and faith doesn't come by it, then we'll never see it. We'll never have it. But the more that you talk about the anointing is what the Lord told Brother Keith Moore. Talk about the anointing. Sing about the anointing. That, the reason we played that song is because that is a way, it's a conductor for the anointing to move. I already feel it now on this place. When you're saying, I say it's already here. It's already working in people. And so when the anointing begins to work, that's how people's lives are changed, not by theology. Well, every person, me, I had a touch from God at some point in my life that the Lord touched me. It wasn't sitting in here. My dad is a wonderful preacher. But eventually, God had to become my God, not his. I had to know him for me. And I had to have a touch from Jesus where I said, oh, my goodness, there's a man named Jesus, and I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to serve him. My father tried years to get me in this pulpit to preach. It did not work. But when Jesus got a hold on me, it did work. Why? Because I needed touch from Jesus. And you need a touch from Jesus this morning. That's why he prayed, get him, Jesus. That's what I pray. Get him, Jesus, in Jesus' name. <laughs> so the anointing is what does the work. But let's go to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to go uh, to 18. And Jesus is going to stand up in Nazareth as his custom was in the synagogue, and he's going to begin to preach. Now, they knew Jesus. He, it says his, his custom, so he did this quite often. But this time it's going to be different. He says what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The anointing comes upon you. The anointing does live in you as well. There's two different types. Of, the anointing's the same, but it can work in different ways. 
This area, he's saying the anointing is upon me because he has anointed me. He to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed. Next one. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim what? That Jesus is here this year. Jesus is still working this year. That this year he's still moving and doing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the anointing does what? It comes upon you to do something. To work. If you want the anointing, you're going to have to do what this says. He's anointing me to what? Preach the gospel. To share Jesus with people. Romans chapter 1 is super easy to share with people. It just talks about Jesus dying on the cross. Just read it over and over until you're able to share the simple message that Jesus loves you. He died for you, paid a price for you. You were separated from God, but now you can come back to him. So the first thing the anointing is going to do when it gets on you, it's going to cause you to preach. Not that you're a full uh, five-fold minister, but every person should be able to proclaim the good news of the message of the gospel. You should be able to look at somebody and they say, I have a problem, I'm, I'm depressed. Well, you know that Jesus can, can heal you and take care of you. I'm broke, Jesus can help you prosper. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, Jesus is gonna heal you. I'm this, I'm every answer that somebody comes and complains about. I'm stressed. You know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus can help you. Every answer that somebody has is in Jesus. So the first thing that you need to be able to do is be able to, to, to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he says, I'm going to send you to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus is there to bind up your wounds, to help you, to get you back on your feet, to get you. There's, there's, it's a new day. And the uh, book of Isaiah says, forget the former things. Forget the past. Move forward. He says, behold, something's breaking forth right now. He said, if you don't perceive it and know it, he said, it's even happening right now as we speak. So there was a, a friend that I had that she had gotten, her, her husband had died, and that was the scripture the Lord had given me for her. And then within a few years, she was remarried. And she has a wonderful husband now. But, the, but I was sent to heal brokenhearted people. The, the goal of the anointing is not for you to look good. The goal of the anointing is not for you to be a big shot. The goal of the anointing is to draw people to Jesus. If you keep drawing people to Jesus, the anointing will keep flowing in you. If you get to the point where, no, you have, if you want the anointing, you got to come get it from me. No. My goal is to teach you to use the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Why? Jesus died on the cross, and it says that now that our new life is any man's in, in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, so now you are in Christ. So now the same anointing that was in Christ is in you, working in you. Why? Because Jesus wants to do in the earth now what he was doing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the reason for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because Many churches I've been to, the reason for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was say, look at Jesus. He's so amazing. Look at Jesus. Just look at, look at Jesus. No. Jesus raised up 12 men. He raised up 72 men, and he sent them out, and he said, you go heal the sick. You go heal the brokenhearted. You go do the work that I've called you to do. And so the purpose that you're here today is that God has anointed you. God has anointed Robert with the Holy Ghost and power who goes about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Robert's job is to set liberty to those who are oppressed. Zach Gronert's job is the Lord is upon him. He's anointed Zach to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent Zach to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Your job is to help oppressed people get out of it in Jesus' name. That is why you are here. 
This is not a spectator sport. This is a participator sport. If you're here this morning and you want to spectate, you're going to end up being in the sport sooner or later. So you either <laughs> stick with it or you'll find somewhere where you can go spectate. But it's very boring in a spectator church. Action's way more fun. Amen. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus because I am. It says we are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your job is to go lay hands on people. Your job is to pray for people. Your job is to tell people about Jesus. People go, oh, I want to take you to my pastor. No. The Bible says that, let's read that, that he, I think it's Luke chapter 10, that he sent them out. Luke chapter 9, it actually starts verse 1. Welcome Facebook Live. How y'all doing? Colton, you better be watching this morning. Luke 9, we're going to start verse 1. He called together his 12 disciples together and gave them power. He did, and authority over all demons to cure diseases. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to do what? Heal the sick. Your job is to go out in the power and the authority that Jesus has delegated to you. Your job is to go out and preach the gospel, to cure diseases, to preach, and to what? Heal the sick. If God says you can do it, you can do it. Believe it. The reason you don't believe it is we don't read it. We don't study it. We don't meditate on it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You look at this book long enough, you're going to start believing that you can do it. The reason that the miracles don't happen is because one, one uh, devotional in the morning and busting out to work is not going to make miracles happen. Rodney Howard Brown says that when his daughter would come up and kiss him on his cheek and then run to mama, mama says, Woo, you've been hanging out with daddy because I can smell his cologne all over you. Imagine if you're hanging out in the presence of Jesus so much that when you step out of the presence of Jesus, people go, oh my goodness, that person has been with God because I can smell God all over him. I can see God all over him. The more you're in the presence of Jesus, what? The more that you become like him. It says that the Pharisees said to the, they said they had noticed and perceived that even though these men were untrained, that they had been what? Hanging out with Jesus. Why? Because a few years later, signs and miracles and wonders are happening by what? The hands of Peter, James, and John. By the hands of Paul. Why? They've been spending time with Jesus. The more you hang out with somebody, the fragrance of that person gets off on you. You pick up their mannerisms. I've been at my sister's house, and uh, she drinks these green drinks every morning, and so now I'm doing it. Why? You hang out with somebody long enough, you're going to start picking up the things that they do. So that's why the Bible says that you come out of the world. Get out from among them. Not that you never go talk to people in the world and preach to them, but it's that you don't want them to influence you. If you're spending more time with God, then you're going to have more of an effect on people. But if you're saying you're a Christian and spending more time in the world, the world is going to have more of an effect on you. That's why you come to church. That's why you sing songs and you get in the presence of God. Why? You got to get all that junk out of you. Get back in the presence of Jesus. That way when you walk out, you're fired up. Whatever you came in depressed and sad about, that now the anointing what breaks every yoke. And it changes you to where you can go out and be a blessing to people. That they're not affecting you. That just because people are mad does not mean I have to be mad today. And if they're out of joy and they're upset and they hate life, well, guess what? Today is the best day of my life in Jesus' name. Supernatural doors are opening in Jesus' name. Actually, I have rich friends and they give me stuff to use because they don't use it in Jesus' name. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm like Jesus in Luke chapter 5. I step into people's boats and fill it up with fish in Jesus' name. I wake up in the morning. The joy of the Lord is my strength this morning. Christ in me the hope of glory. Any man a new creation. Why? I'm setting the tone for my day. I don't, I don't care what the world is. I don't want to be anything like them. 
Every time you get around them, oh, I'm sad, the economy, this and that. Oh. Praise God, man. Today's going to be a great day. I don't care what Biden's doing today. I'm blessed. I'm rich. I'm prosperous. Feel the life and the nature of God. I'm going to lay hands on the sick today, and they're going to recover. I'm going to lay hands on people, and they're going to open their eyes unto Jesus in Jesus' name. I'm going to walk in the gym, and I'm going to smear the anointing all over every piece of equipment in there in Jesus' name. I'm going to touch it, and I'm going to say, Lord, I smear the anointing on this in Jesus' name as I work out. All my sweat on that equipment. Hallelujah. And people's lives are going to be changed. Lord, you're leading people across my path today who are ready to hear about Jesus. I am the hands and the feet of Jesus. I'm ready to lay hands on people. I'm ready to minister healing. I'm ready to pray for the sick. Lord, bring me hungry people today. Bring me people who are ready. Bring me all these middle school kids. We've gotten over 100 middle school kids born again in the last, what, four or five weeks. I'm not afraid of the school system. We're going into the schools. Jesus says, you go. So I have authority by Jesus to go into the schools and that prayer has opened the door to the schools to where these people, I mean, these kids are hungry. They just, and, and, and candy, lots of candy. <laughs> but Jesus used bait. We use bait. Money is bait. But you can't have just money. You need candy and Jesus. Amen? So in chapter 9, he said, take nothing for your journey, neither staff nor bag, nor bread nor money. Do not have two tunics apiece. Wherever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. Wherever you, whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed, went through the towns, preaching the gospel, and doing what? Healing everywhere. So Jesus' job, Jesus' assignment this morning is that you're to go out in the towns. You're to go out and heal people. You're to go out to people's homes and eat dinner and break bread with them. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the goodness of God. People want to talk about the world. Say, you know, that Jesus is amazing. He's changing my life. Good things are happening this week. I'm expecting something to happen today. Are you expecting God to move today? Are you expecting the anointing today? So uh, Luke chapter 10. So here they come back. After these things, 10 verse 1. Just the next page. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsacks, nor sandals. Greet no one on the road, but whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it'll return to you. If people receive Jesus, great. If not, who cares? Go find somebody else who wants to hear about Jesus. Don't waste your time with people that want to argue with you. Talk to them and move on. Lord, bring me people who are ready to hear. Let my peace rest upon it. If not, I'm moving on to the next place. He said, remain in the same house, eating and drinking, such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from uh, house to house, wherever city you enter, receive, that will receive you. Eat such things as they set before you, and heal the sick there. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom and Gomorrah than that city. But it says that the 70 had returned. So Jesus is sending them out. Our job is to equip you to send you out with the anointing of the Holy Ghost to do the work of ministry. Everybody wants to be up in the pulpit and preach. No. I don't want you here. Go out and preach to people. We have enough going on here. This is, we're preaching to the same people. You know what I mean? It's not going to do anything. 
Go out and preach to lost people. Put up crusades and tents and trucks like David does and preach to people. Those are the ones that need the healing. Here, we're just here to equip you. I'm here to hand out ammo, machine guns, bombs, grenades, the word of God. Send you out and you go heal the sick. You're going to have more fun out on the front line or you can be like, we're like the base camp back at base. Every military movie I ever watched, I like the part where they're on the front lines fighting. You are the front lines. We are command center. Amen? Amen. I don't need you in command center hanging out with us. I'm going to hand you some bullets and a gun and tell you to go preach the gospel and go fight. Go deal with the devil. Amen. That is, that is what we do for you. I don't need everybody in the army hanging out at command center, drinking coffee, wanting to be preachers. <laughs> that is, that's, I mean, that's just what it seems like. I want to be used by God. Go out and be used by God. Talk to people. I talk to at least two, three people a day, either on the phone, I run into people in the gym. I'm hell, every time I turn around, I'm, it's, it's because I've positioned myself and been praying the Lord bring people to me, and he's doing it. He's bringing people across my path. I'm expecting people to come. I'm expecting to pray with people. But I don't want to sit in church. I've been in here my whole life. You see the same people. Every week, I used to sit at the doors waiting for some pretty girl to come walk in the doors. Me and Eric Orangeberger, we're just waiting for all the cuties to come in. They're not. Go out and get them. Go out and bring people in. Jesus' name. <laughs> just waiting for something. That, waiting on the Lord. Where we wait until heaven comes back if, before this place fills up. You are anointed to go out. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of waiting on pastor to become the greatest preacher so he can bring in all my generation and, and I can have friends and maybe one day meet a woman. I'm tired of waiting on pastor. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go talk to them in the byways and the highways in Jesus' name. Do you want to get saved today? What is your name? Come to church with me in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. But I'm telling you, for 33 years, I've sat in this church, and I'm telling you, if you don't do it, it is not going to happen. Yeah. I am a testimony to that. Sometimes I wake up and I say, God, I'm just ready to do something today. Let's go help somebody. Let's, you know, oh, somebody needs a car? Ah, I'm going to provide the car. So, that, so that I told you know, the staff, I said, I think I'm going to buy another car, a little, little car just to help somebody, whatever. Tired of you guys calling out saying your car broke down. Second I bought a car, somebody called me and said, I need a car. I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord. So I, I got it registered, took it out to them, and another miracle happened yesterday to when I delivered the car uh, to a family that was in need that had a couple girls and just some bad financial situations through a divorce, helping them out. Somebody else in the church called me and says, you want to borrow my car? It's been sitting in my driveway for six months. It does not get used and run, so it's sitting out there right now in pastor's parking spot. <laughs> I mean, I'm just ready. God, if you don't move, I'm going to move you. Let's go do something. I'm tired. What, is the, what did they say in the Old Testament, the leopard men? Why do we sit here till we die? Let's go. At least we go to the enemy army, right, the camp of the Assyrians, and if they kill us, they kill us. But if not, we get to eat. What did they do? They got up. They started making their way to the camp, and, the, and this is the story, I believe, of Elisha, where he says that tomorrow by this time that the price of everything is going to change. Flour is going to be uh, super cheap. And then the commander of the army said, if that happens, God couldn't do it himself. And he says, you won't see it come, come to pass. And he was trampled that very next day. But what happened? The lepers got up and said, let's just go do something. Tired of waiting. Tired of waiting on God. I'm hungry. All right, let's go move. We're going to go walk over here. Next thing you know, they found a whole camp full of silver and gold, spoils, and all kinds of stuff. Why? Because God gets behind you when you move. I don't know how to pray for people. Just start. 
It, it don't have to be complicated. You meet somebody, they're complaining, just, well, can I pray for you today? Lord, bless them. Jesus, help them. Amen. That's a good start. But just keep growing on it because it will increase with you. So go back to Luke chapter 4 because I'm not done with Luke chapter 4 yet. We're still on that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. I wake up every morning, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. I don't know how to preach the gospel. Just keep saying this until you start doing it. I can preach the gospel in Jesus' name. I've been saying, uh, Jonathan Shuttles made a statement. He said, I can wake up out of a dead sleep and preach for three hours. I don't need any preparation time. I said, I'm going to start saying that. I can wake up out of a dead sleep and preach for three hours straight. Don't need any notes. I got so much of Jesus in me. So I used to say, back in the day, I would watch Todd White because I wanted to win souls. And I was very convicted that he was winning all his people to Jesus. And I've been saved my entire life, and I couldn't do it. So I started watching Salvation. I started reading. I started studying. I started making notes. And I started saying, Lord, I can win anybody to Jesus anytime, any place, anywhere in Jesus' name. Any person. Don't care who it is. Well, then within a year or two, I started winning people to Jesus. I kept saying it. Just kept saying it. And then it starts increasing. But you got to start saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm tired. I'm sick. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm broke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm depressed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. When you wake up, if you feel like garbage, just say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. Because he's anointed me. He has his presence on me. The smear of God is all over me. And I'm going to go smear God all over my workplace today. I'm going to go smear God all over Publix. I'm going to go smear God all over the gym. And run every devil out in Jesus' name. So this is what happens. Jesus gets up and tells everybody the Spirit of the Lord's upon him. Next thing you know... But I want to, um, you know, I'm just going to go chapter 5. Let's go to this. Actually, no, stay, go back to 4. 31. He went down to Capernaum, city of Galilee, teaching in the Sabbath. So he's out teaching the kingdom of God. They were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. So that's why we preach strong. Why? I'm not doing it. The Holy Ghost gets on me. I just feel like yelling, yelling the Bible at you. It ain't, I'm normally, I'm a teacher, but today the Lord said, you're going to preach. And so the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He likes to just yell the Bible at you until you're motivated. Amen. Amen. So I was astonished that his teaching for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? So the demons are afraid of Jesus and the anointing. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet, come out of him. So the first thing that happened is Jesus is telling evil spirits, shut up, get out of the person in Jesus' name, leave. So the anointing will cause you to have authority. The anointing will cause you to cast devils out. Mark chapter 16, go in my name, casting out devils. So it is, you're going to have to deal with the devils. Now, I don't walk up to every person that I think has a devil and says, in the name of Jesus, cast you devil out. Now, there's been sometimes, sometimes in this church people have you can tell that the devil's manifest, and you have to talk that way. But a lot of times, if I'm praying for somebody I know that, like, I talk to the gym, I'll go home and say, Satan, loose them in Jesus' name. Get off that person. Quit deceiving them in the name of Jesus. I pray the light of the gospel would shine forth on them, that they'd receive Jesus. Father, I pray they'd see Jesus when they sleep at night. I pray they see Jesus when they wake up. I pray people come across their path, talk about Jesus. Satan... Stop your maneuvers against that person. That's what it means, taking authority over the devil from working on people. Satan, get off this church. Quit working on people in this church. 
Quit hindering the move of God or, or finances of people. Get off our people's finances. That's what he's saying when he's talking about you're going to take authority over devils. In 38, he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. And Simon's wife was, uh, wife's mother was sick with a high fever and made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it did what? It, 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 uh, he had to keep rebuking it. No, he rebuked it and left. And then what? A couple of weeks later, a couple of days later, maybe in a few years, you'll get healed. Immediately, she rose up and served them. Why does that not happen with us? Why? We don't read it. We don't study it. It's not in your spirit. I'm reading this until it gets in me. Why? Because I need, I need a revelation of this in me. I need to read it. Jesus says, according to your faith, be it unto you. He said to Jairus and his daughter, only believe. Your daughter's dead, Jairus. Only believe. Jesus told the lepers, do you believe that I'm able to make to cleanse you? Yes. yes, we believe. He said, go your way, you'll be cleansed. So what happens? The more you start believing it, the more you start reading it, you read it so much, you believe it. You believe other stuff, you say. I'm broke. I'm sick. It's flu season. I'm going to get sick. You believe it so much, you get sick every year. So why don't you just start believing this? That when I pray for people, they immediately get well. I rebuke fevers, and immediately people change in the name of Jesus. Why? This is the manual, basic instructions before leaving earth. This is what we're to be doing before we get out of here, what Jesus did. So, here we go. Many healed on the Sabbath. The sun was setting. All those who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, laid hands on every one of them, and he did what? He healed some of them. He told some of them, come back later. He told some of them, God is testing you. God is uh, putting you through a trial. God is making you a better Christian. He said he healed every single one of them. And Jesus is still healing today. But you are the hands and feet. So I'm not, it's not all about Jesus. This is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Nikki lays her hands and every one of them's healed. Pastor Lisa lays her hands and every one of them's healed. Kelby lays hands on people. Shantae lays hands on people. And what? Every single one of them are healed. You go lay hands on people. You believe this until every single person gets healed. I don't believe it. Well, read it and do it until it starts happening. Because the more you start acting on it, the more God will start, it'll build faith in you. Todd White said, I prayed for people for a year and nothing happened when he first got saved. But he kept going back and reading it. What? Why? What's happening? It says the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the word made flesh. So God is his word. It says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word dwelt among them. So when you're reading this, you are putting God into you. Amen. This is God going into you, and the more that you put God into you, the more the presence of God, you're, every day I wake up, I can arise from the synagogue, I'm going to somebody's house, they're high, sick with a fever, I'm going to lay hands on them, and they'll be made whole. It says that many people, they brought various diseases and demons came out crying, saying, you are the Christ, the Son of God, rebuking them not and allow them to speak. So it says that, chapter 5, now the multitude's pressing among. So the anointing will actually cause you, number one, to lay hands on sick people. The anointing's going to cause people to follow you. The anointing should build you influence, not for you, but for people. It's to help people. It's not all about you. The reason that, like Pastor said, you have money is God's putting you to see what you're going to do with it. So the anointing is causing a crowd to come to him. They tried to keep him from leaving them. Man, imagine that, that pastor's preaching, and we can't even get the people to get out of here because the anointing is so strong. That's what we want in this church. That's what we're going to have in this church. We're going to have the anointing. This is what Jesus, 
is a prototype of you. God made Jesus, pushed him to all points of death, crucified him, put him in you so that you could do this. This is your manual. This is what you're supposed to be doing. So Jesus, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. This is the purpose I've been sent. So it was that the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God. They stood by. People are hungry. People want to hear the word of God. The multitude is pressing to hear what he's having to say. Maybe if people don't want to hear what you have to say, maybe you're not saying anything worth listening to. But the more that you get Jesus in you, you're going to have something to say. Amen? So he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats. So that, there he goes. He's taking other people's stuff that they bought. They got the loan payments for. They paid all the interest on it. Jesus is just borrowing it. So that's what I'm going to start doing. You guys go, the world can go buy it and get all the interest. I'm just going to go use it. I got friends that have airplanes that are just sitting at the airport. They're just rotten in the sun. There's rich people out there, y'all. They got more junk than they know what to do with. They go work hard. They buy it. They throw it in their garage. They throw it on the airfield, and then they go work, and they go buy more stuff. Well, guess what? Why? Because they're competing with their, their, the, the Joneses. And guess what? I just told the Lord, well, those rich people start giving me their stuff to use. I, I texted my instructor. I said, you know, your, your Cherokee 140 is just sitting out here in the airfield just rotting in the sun. He goes, I don't have time for it. I said, well, then maybe I need to start renting it from you. Because if you're not making any money off of it, you're out making big money with the airlines. You got a plane, $65,000 plane, just sitting here baking in the sun. Well, Lord, all that stuff comes to me in Jesus' name. Why? Because Jesus did it. Jesus borrowed a donkey. Jesus borrowed a boy's lunch. Jesus is borrowing boats. Amen. So some of y'all that have a ski boat, I'm going to borrow it. (laughs) But he's using it for a purpose. He's using it to show them something. He saw two boats standing by the lake, and the fishermen had gone from there and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him, put out a little bit from the land. He sat down, and he taught the multitude. So he's teaching people about the kingdom of God. You got to have something to teach people. You got to have enough word in you where you can share with people. So he's teaching them. He's doing what? He's building faith in people, getting them what? Ready to receive from God. Pastor Hankins says, why did you, uh, why did you teach so long? God, the Lord told him, he said, I was never working on the giving part of God. I was working on the receiving part of man. Sometimes that's why we have camps. We have special meetings for you to sit and get all the junk of the world out of you, get into the presence of God so you can receive, position you to receive from him. And it helps you get all that, flush all that mess out, worship the Lord, get your eyes off of all the stress, the work, the bills, the company. And then, uh, you know, that's why it takes sometimes a few days in a meeting before you start receiving from God. You got too much going on. So he's teaching them. Then they had stopped teaching, said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said to him, master, we've toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, Jesus is using something that they already have, but he's not doing it for a seminar to say, I can make you a million dollars. He's doing it to prove a point to them. Because what? He's, I got something greater than this. He goes, you follow me, I'll keep doing this for you. They had done this, they had caught a great number of fish so that their net was breaking. They signaled to their partners and other boats to come help them. They came and filled up the boats so that they began to sink. So, you're anointed. You should be able to walk into people's businesses. You should be able to fill their boat up. Just have a word, pray over it. And say, in the name of Jesus, I command this business to sink. In the name of Jesus, I command this company to be so much work that Robert's sinking. He's got to get three, four, five, six, seven trucks. And it begins to sink. He's got so much work. Buried him. And then 
Not only that, it blessed his business partners. It says Peter called the partners over. So the anointing's on you. You should be able to step into people's boats, their businesses, and bless them, pray over them, give them a word, and change the entire thing. That's not just about Jesus doing a great, you know, miracle in a boat. That's saying you can do this. And God's not opposed to your business being so filled that it can sink. Because if he did, Jesus would have just put a few fish in the boat and said, okay, that's enough for you guys. It's a couple of fish. I don't want y'all to get too, too proud, too much fish. Jesus said, I'm going to fill the boat up. I'm going to sink your boat. I'm going to sink everybody else's boat. And everybody, it says that what happened after that? They signaled that Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, O Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he, for he and all who were with him were astonished. I mean, if you're not walking into places and the anointing's not astonishing people, we're not there yet. But we're getting there. We're on our way. But that's the goal. You should be able to walk in and say something and explode it with $100,000 million, and then they just astonish, and you say, come follow me to church. Come follow me as I follow Jesus. It's not about the money. Jesus can bless you, but it's about making disciples. So what he does is he said from, he says, there were also James, John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, I'm going to do the same thing with men. So not only are you going to have net-breaking, boat-seeking increase in your business, which I can do, Jesus said, but I'm also going to do that where you're going to have so many people come to the gospel the same exact way. That was the reason why Jesus showed him that. It was in really an illustration. Like Pastor said, money is just the first test. The reason that God bless you with money is just so he'll see what you do with uh, spiritual things. If you can't pass the test of unrighteous mammon, money is the lower but the, what the true riches are the spiritual gifts that God gives you. It's the anointing. You need money. It's a tool. But without the anointing, people will never change. Money cannot change people. Money can help. Money's a tool. You might have more tools in your toolbox than somebody else, but those tools are for a purpose. If you collect tools and you never work on anybody's car, then you're just a pack rat. So if you're collecting a lot of money and you're never helping somebody, you're just pack rat. But Jesus is doing that to show them this is what's possible. This is what I want you doing. This, you are my disciples. So he took 12 men and he duplicated himself. Find people. Duplicate yourself in those people. Find people around you. Spend time with them. Share them the word. Now, if they don't want to hear it and they run off, find somebody else. But you'll see there's people around you. They're going to stick around. And you're going to be able to share the word with them. Why? With no motive, but just that they grow. And the financial blessings will come. This was a side issue with Jesus. Jesus' whole point was, I want you to be a fisher of men. Money is just a tool to get save people. Money is so we can buy chocolate candy bars, and we tell the kids at the school, if you pray, if you learn how to pray. Now, they've already gotten saved. We're not giving them chocolate to get saved. I mean, it does work, too, because some kids would give, take Jesus for a candy bar, <laughs> and I've seen it happen. But... What we do is I say, I want you to pray on the mic. Oh, I, don't, I can't pray on the mic. I want you to pray over your school. I can't, I can't do it. What if I give you a big old Hershey bar? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lord Jesus, bless my teacher, bless my day, uh, my friends. Amen. Here's a piece of candy. Woo! The next, next kid goes, I want one too. Next, I don't know how many kids prayed that day. All of them prayed, bless my friends. Amen. Uh, yeah. All, <laughs> some of them prayed longer. Some of them did but that is what we're doing is my job. I don't want to be at that school forever. I don't want to be there every Friday. My job is to raise those kids up to learn how to pray, to go into that school, teach them enough to they, they win their friends to Jesus. I don't want to be there every week. It's the, the goal is to make disciples. 
If you're, if you're all in a glory about yourself, God's not going to use you. I, I don't want this for me. I don't want to be everywhere. You wear yourself out like that. My goal is to make you like me, and then you go do something with it. That was the whole point of Jesus. So find people in your life that you can duplicate yourself into, even if it's one person, even if it's your neighbor, even if it's a child. I got plenty. Faith is my, she's one of my disciples already. I'm, I'm, I'm working on her. Even if it's kids, find people, even Kinsey in the, in the um, I've been reading, I go in there during lunch, and I'm reading Kinsey's story time. I'm building that influence with Mackenzie. Why? Because I'm going to turn her into a disciple. When she's in high school, she's going to be winning people to Jesus. I'm going to put the, I lay hands on her when I'm in there, the anointing to go into her. So I'm glad Zach and Amber allowed her to be at our helping hands, because I'm going to turn that baby into a fire baby in the name of Jesus. Kenzie's really in training camp. She's in the army. She just doesn't know it yet. She's in boot camp. I'm in there training her, me and Leslie. So the purpose is to to think about people. Life's about people. When you get to heaven, people are going to be in heaven. Friends are going to be in heaven. If you don't ever care about a lost and dying world, God's not going to use the anointing on you. Why? Because you don't give a rip about anybody else but me, my three, four, and no more. No, I'm not saying you wear yourself out with people. You ask the Lord, show me who to help. You can't help everybody. Some people want to help the entire world, and they end up helping nobody. You can't chase 12 white rabbits at the same time. You can chase one, help it, and then go on to the next. My job is not to help every person, but my job is to what? Follow the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I only go where I see my Father go. I only do what I see him do. I only say what I hear my Father say. You do not have to take on the burden of every person that calls you. You do not have to answer every phone call. I need help. I need money. Well, praise God. Believe God. Luke 6.38. Have fun. Bye. Jesus loves you. See you on Sunday. I need help. Come to church. I'm depressed. Read your Bible. Come to church. Put on some worship music. I need money. Give. Now, there are times the Lord will say, I want you to help this person. I want you to do this. And so, I, But I can't give money to every single person because then I'm going to go broke and then I'm going to be sleeping in a tent somewhere. Put the mask on yourself and then put the mask on the other person. So you're going to take care of yourself, but at the same time, follow the Holy Ghost. You don't get into all this, I got to help every person in the world. So let's see where we're going next. The anointing, um, let's see where I want to go. Let's go to 1 John 2.26. 1 John 2.26. Mama loves 1 John. I think that the, the biggest disservice that um, the body of Christ does is that they depend on preachers to do everything. But it's really the reason that we're to preach is to equip you to do it. It's not about us. Our job is just we operate in this house to train you. Then you go out and you do it. It's not about we're, I'm to enter, we're to entertain you every week. So 1 John 2.27 the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. So not only does the anointing come on you, the anointing is in you right now. You do not need anyone to teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. This is, and it is true and not a lie. As the just has taught you, you will abide in him. So the anointing is also to help you in your daily life. It's not, if the anointing came on you and stayed on you all the time, you would feel like a wet coat was on you. You'd feel under the, you'd be drunk all the time. You'd be laying on the floor. But there is the part of the anointing. People say it's different anointings. I don't know. To me, it's all the same anointing. But there is an anointing that is in you that's helping you. What? It's keeping you from being deceived. It's keeping you from a lie. It's teaching you. 
And, and you know what? Um, there's a scripture that says that it'll actually teach you forever. And so the anointing, you want the anointing to teach you. You want the Holy Spirit to use that. So there is, it's, you have to, but you have to know that. Faith comes by hearing. If you don't know that there's an anointing in you, you have an anointing every single day. That's all, you don't have to conjure it up. It's already there. It's talking to you all the time. It's true. It's telling you what is truth and what is a lie. So the anointing is in you. It does not lift or leave. It's always with you. It thickens. It grows. It's endless, and it teaches you all things. That's why many preachers can have an, an, a, the empowering anointing where Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So the, the empowering anointing is the anointing coming on you for what? The work of ministry, to go out. So many preachers cannot. They don't have the anointing that's in them. They're not using it. They're not fellowshipping with Jesus. If you don't fellowship with Jesus, in Matthew 7, 23, it says, not everyone who comes to me says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, we've prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I'll declare them, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. What is this? This is an anointing that comes upon you for work, and I I was reading, and and Benny Hinn was saying, that will work when you get up to preach, when you talk to people, the anointing will come on you because the word of God does not return void. You can talk to people about the Lord. People go, how's that person a Christian and, and still changing people's lives, and yet they're doing all this other wacky stuff? Well, because the anointing's coming upon them as they're teaching the people. Why? Because the word of God's not going back void. But that's how people get into trouble because they never work on their personal life with the anointing in them, teaching themselves, spending time with Jesus. And that's why many ministers will end up falling. They'll get into some kind of scandal or something will happen. Why? Because they don't take time for the fellowship of the Father. You can have the works of the Father, but you don't have the, the fellowship with him that you, it won't last forever. It may last for a season. You may see, you know, I've heard preachers that, man, they, they have powerful moves of God, but man, they're as mean as a junkyard dog when you get in the back with them. Why? They're not working on the anointing that's in them. They're not growing up in Christ. They're not working on their character. So you can have the anointing upon you for the work, and you can still, your character, just be as messed up as it ever was. That's why Pastor said when he got born again, he was still smoking, drinking. And, well, you, weren't, you, were, you were still cussing, but you were still praying for people, and they were getting healed, and you were a few days after you got saved. So the anointing's upon him. It's working on him. So you can get born again, and the anointing start working right away. But you need to work on the anointing that's in you. You need to take time where Jesus is teaching you. Sit in the presence at the feet of Jesus. Mary and Martha. Which one? Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Was Martha was busy with much things. She cooked too much. Whoa, lady. Calm down. I'm not, man. I, I love, I love, it's not a word for this church. The anointing, though, if, the more you're spending time in the presence of God... It fixes everything else in your life. It, Jesus says that Mary chose the better thing. Some people are just too busy. You read one devotional, and then you're busting out to work. You're not going to change anybody. You're not even changing yourself. Spend time with Jesus. Jesus can fix every problem in your life in 20 minutes, five minutes. And it took you 20 years to screw it up. Well, if you're not fixing it in six days, you're not going to fix it in seven. That's what pastor says. I love that. I want to read something about the anointing about pouring out yourself. <clears throat> so Jesus says in Matthew 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out, freely you've received, freely give. And yeah, for you've received from the Lord, also which I've delivered unto you, Second, 1 Corinthians 11. But, he also, but so the other Matthew 8 was saying, if you freely received, 
He said, freely give it out to you. So what ends up happening is um, he says, God anoints you. You have an obligation to take the anointing to a lost and dying world. You have no excuses. Why? There are no excuses. You cannot wait for all the conditions to be favorable. That is the truth. You will never have a favorable moment. You're going to have to give it away no matter what the circumstances you find yourself in. Abundance, lack, comfort, or discomfort. You have to give it away because the way it flows is by impartation. If you want more, then give away what you have. It's never a favorable time to give money. Never. Every time the Lord asks you to do it, it's not going to be a good time. It's not a favorable time to pray for people. It's never. You just do it in faith. I don't have any money. Give anyways. I'm broke. Give. And guess what? It starts coming. So he says, if you want more anointing, give away what you've been given. Empty yourself. Empty yourself of everything that he's poured into you. The Lord will give you more. Hold on to what you have, and you can't give out anymore because you're already full. Spend your days emptying yourself into pouring into the lives of people, and he'll fill you up with more. The oil will never run dry. Go to 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. We'll close with this because we're going to do communion. We're going to talk about uh, the anointing oil that pours out. 2 Kings, sorry. Um, Four, one through seven. So if you want God to use you, you got to start doing something for him to keep pouring into you. Certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditors come in to take away his two sons as his slave. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? Goes back to Jesus in the boat. What do you have? Elisha's not going out. He's just saying, what do you got? But Elisha also knows what he's got. What do you want me to do for you? The anointing's even working on Elisha. The anointing was not in Elisha yet. Jesus had not come. And so the anointing's working upon him. This is the empowering anointing. This is an anointing for you to do, do the work. And so she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house, but a jar of oil. Jesus just needs one thing in your house. I don't have nothing to give. You got something in your house that you could give somebody. You don't really need a lot. She had nothing but one jar of oil. He said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into the vessels, set aside full ones. And she went from him, shut the door behind her, and her sons brought the vessel to her, and she poured it out. It came to pass, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and your son, and you live on the rest. So what happened? Remember, as long as the oil flowed, there was a pot for them to pour into. But when they ran out of pots, the oil was stayed. Keep looking for pots because you find a, a pot, you're going to pour into it, and the oil will keep on pouring. God will continue to fill your own pot. I've heard people say they think God stopped moving like he used to. No, God has not stopped moving. He's always moving. You just stopped pouring it out. I laugh all the time. People say that revival stopped. They're just telling me that they stopped pouring out, pouring out revival. Revival never quit. It's as hot as today as it ever was. It's as great in 1993 and in 1994 as it's still great today. Even if we had great meetings in the past, we don't live in the past. We keep pressing in. So God stops pouring in the oil when you stop pouring. So when you stop ministering to people, God's going to quit. When you get on your Nikes and you go out and pray for somebody, God's moving with you. So the more you pour into people, God, not only does God keep filling you up, but he does more, and he does greater. Why? Because if you're faithful a little, he's going to give you more. But if you can't 
if we're not going to pray for, just pray for people. You don't have to start big. Start small. Start with something. Send a text, an encouraging text. Send some scriptures. And then grow from there. Move on. Move on up. Don't stay at the same place. And then shoot for getting people born again. You get one person saved a month, then get two people saved a month. Three people saved a week. Just keep moving up with God. Elisha was giving out what he had in him. Why? Because he, he, he had learned it from Elijah. Elisha hung out with Elijah until he got everything that Elijah had, and then he got a double portion of it. So the more that you're hanging out with, like what you're hanging out with pastor, the anointing that's on him is going to flow down to you. The more you're around him, the more you're in the word, that's coming on to you. That's what you're going to do. So hang out with what you want. You sow into where you're going. So I sow into Pastor Mark. Why? That's where I want, what I want. I hang out with him. Why? Because that's what I want in my life. And so the more you pour into people, the more you love on the people, and you think about people, the more God is going to increase the anointing on your life. Amen. I'm going to pray, and Pastor's going to do communion. Father, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you, Father God, that it is the anointing that breaks every yoke off people. We thank you that it's the anointing that heals people. It's the anointing that does the work. It's not me that does the work. It's not me and my own holiness, but it is the anointing that flows from Jesus into people. I pray that every person in the sound of my voice will use the anointing that was given to them at the, at the resurrection of Jesus when they made him Lord. I pray that you would increase the anointing on the ones that are serving and sowing and loving on people and giving it out. And I pray this and that this church will be a place where the anointing can flow in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Morgan, take it away. Thank you, Pastor Morgan. Isn't that good? What he told you is true. I want to tell you a story. Right after I got born again, um, I lived in a little mobile home, and someone gave me a garden. And um, going out every day, getting squash and tomatoes and all that was fun. But I got poison ivy all over me. Anybody in here ever had poison ivy from your nose to your toes? You didn't live in Georgia. I got, I got it so bad on me, the calamine lotion didn't do any good unless I had a gallon of it. So I went in my bedroom and did what most people did. I started reading the book of Job and feeling sorry for myself. You know, whenever you're sick, you know what you think about the most is yourself. So I would begin to pray and ask God to heal me. He didn't. And that made me mad. But a woman from next door brought a baby over. And I'm laying in my bed, and that baby is in my living room screaming. And I cannot feel sorry for myself with a screaming baby in my house. So I was going to get up and go in the living room and give her the dirty look. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's when you don't say nothing. You let people go, why don't you take that baby home when you're crying, screaming, baby, get out of here so I can go back and read the book of Job. Am I the only one in here ever did anything stupid? Okay, okay, no, I'm not. So I get up to go in the living room, and when I got in there, the baby was, was holding its little fist and screaming, and the Holy Spirit said, colic. The baby was bowed up with colic and screaming. Well, my heart went out to the baby. And the lady looked at me and said, I came over because I heard you pray for the sick. And, and uh, I'm in there sick, can't even get healed. I can't get your baby healed. She handed me the baby, and I was so afraid of praying in front of people that I said, God, get her out of here. And she said, oh, I think I left my stove on it. She ran out of the room. I have a baby in my arms. And the anointing came out of me, went down my arm, hit that baby, and bam, healed that baby. 
And I, the lady came back, and I didn't know anything about falling out in the power. I thought the baby went to sleep. I handed her her baby back, healed. I'm walking down the hall to go read Job. And the Holy Ghost came on me and said, now you. I said to God, what took you so long? He said, you're damning up my anointing. I had to get you to where you got your mind off yourself and, ha- and took the anointing in you and put it in someone else. When you got empty, all I did was fill you back up and it healed your body. He said, that's what's called a damned Christian. I'm not cussing. You're stopped up. You're constipated. You're sitting around thinking about yourself. And no one else, it doesn't matter. The whole world's going to hell and you're sitting around thinking about yourself. That's what's wrong in the anointing. It's not flowing. Out of your belly will flow rivers. If you're not doing good today, find somebody who needs Jesus. Get that anointing out of you that's stopping you up and give it away and watch that river start. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.